Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Jane doesn't mind an apartment with no elevator. Five flights of stairs is five flights of cardio. Bob is a little less enthusiastic about stairs. I hate stairs. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle renters and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Jane and Bob found an apartment that's a four-story walk-up. And Bob? Yeah, there's a freight elevator she doesn't know about. What were you talking about? Oh, uh, nothing. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. Well, you just think that I'm... Hey guys, welcome to another episode of View from the Cheap Seats. We got a great one today in studio with us. It just feels good to say that in studio with us is yeah. Rob. The first time we had a guest in studio on, on View show. from the Cheap Seats. Robert Lucidich is here, and what a first of all brilliant dude, amazing, he amazing raconteur, uh, and he knows his golf. He's probably he's one, been of around the best, the golf. one of the best golf journalists in the world and of course right now we're embroiled in this crazy Phil Mickelson Saudi Super League Greg Norman you know Rory McIlroy there's just a tremendous drama in the world of golf right now as a book that he sort of helped with and provided some information for is about to come out his friend's book all this stuff is coming out bombshells left and right so we'll get into that with him we'll talk about all kinds of other things and then later on the show we have Christoph Waltz uh, leaving a voicemail about his feelings on Porzingis, which you know you can't tur- you can't move the unicorn around like a chess piece is what he says. But we'll get into that later. Top take. Let's talk about this. So baseball just announced this week that they'll be missing regular season games. This is, in my opinion, the absolute worst case scenario. The thing for that baseball. for baseball and for the fans, but really for baseball, we are at a situation. We're at a moment in this situation where no one is rooting for the owners. No. They are billionaires. They care less about the, you know, obviously no one's going to care about a complaining billionaires millionaire. with thin skin. Thin That's skin. That's the problem. They don't want to lose this argument. They don't want to give even an inch to these players because they fear they're they're not, they'll, they'll take a mile. And they're not. I think it goes more to they're not used to being told what to do. None of these people. I, and maybe it's because I'm watching so much Succession. Right. Jay, you, you, the, you turn me on in succession. It's the best because you see the mentality of a rich person who's like, there's a solution and all you got to do is just give a little bit. And then, but the richest people, the billionaires of this world don't want to even give in for a second because they, they want, don't want to even think that maybe there's a part of them that's wrong. So who loses, but the fans at a moment when baseball could swoop in, and have a successful year. Why? Because we're coming out of COVID right now. And it's okay to go to the ballpark and it's easy. Like the, for well, the fact that Shohei Otani is perhaps maybe the greatest star that we've seen in a long time. A lot of teams have hope. A lot of teams. You talk about a Seattle team might be a team. Seattle's that comes out of team has hope. San Diego has a young, awesome team with some of the people. St. Louis, of course, is, is always still has in. hope. Always is there. Tampa Bay, they're fantastic. The Yankees, the Boston, Brewers. the Brewers. I mean, so many cities have hope with for their teams this year. Cincinnati. And, hope. and all we can do right now is sit and wait until these idiots figure it out. And it's fans are mad. They are not happy. It's not like well, prices you're going to lose, the, lose the casual fans. Casual fans aren't going to stick around. And the diehard fans will always come back, but they will come back in a different way. And they will come back disappointed and angry. Like and you certainly, it's like when we go out on the road and travel. When we travel on the road. And, and we do stand up on the road. We come back to our families. We can't then turn around and be like, hey, we're going to go with our boys to Vegas this week. You cool with that? That doesn't happen. Yeah, we don't get that. You don't get to ask for the next thing. And meanwhile, we're just going on the road trying to make money for our families and do stand up, which we love, and go to cities that we like. But still, you can't come back and ask for other things. So if they do figure out a way to get these guys back together, they're going to miss some games. Yeah. And so, in the end, I don't think you should miss those games. I think you got to double them up. Maybe we're going to be playing seven-inning double headers, But, like, asking the fans anything from there is now a bridge too far. Yeah. I think you've crossed a line. You spent all your capital. Right. There was a moment where, like, all right, look, if spring training gets wiped out, as long as they get back to re- – to, yeah. to, as long as they get back to the regular season on time, we're good. But now they're not even doing that. And I think, look, if you start going into, like – a month gone, two months gone, dig your heels in, half the season gone. If they lose a whole season. Like, who is this for? 
for the owners. Like, you're going to lose the fans. You're going to lose whatever money you think you're getting by holding and standing your ground right now. You're going to lose it with people who leave. You're going to lose it at the gate. You're going to lose it at the gate. You are. People are just not going to care. Give in to these guys a little bit and show, hey, look, we you can come out on top even as the owners to say, look, we believe in baseball even more than we believe in this thing. So we're going to compromise and come to here and then make the players like the, come midway. The, the minimum con- league minimum contract is still less than the NHL. Your baseball. It should be more than the minimum NHL contract, league minimum contract. It should just be more. Your baseball. And by the way, it's not like baseball has been in the tank in the last several years. It's been extremely profitable. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're not sharing it, every single arrow points to the owner screwing this thing up. And look. Players are millionaires, and the contracts in baseball, Mike Trout's $400 million contract, Bryce Bryce Harper's $350 million contract, those are enormous contracts, gaudy to the point of ridiculousness. You don't even see those contracts in the NBA. You just don't. But, like, they're still not the owners. The owners are still worse than these guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, I don't even know how this gets fixed. How do you think it gets fixed, Jay? I think they're going to eventually have to give in, but damage will be done. And I think the longer they work, wait, every single day that goes by, every single so game So now they want to win the PR fight. That's all they care about is the PR of this. And so how it I think you can win the PR, PR fight by doubling down and saying, look, we care about I agree. baseball and we care about the fans. And You're that's saying why. go at the PR from another angle instead of trying to embarrass the players. And the you PR. go in and say, look, we're the ones who are going to resolve this because right. the players aren't, they're digging in too much. We'll come part of the way to the table. And if the players don't want to come to the table and meet us there, then it's on them. Make some concessions. Don't make all the concessions and then put the bad PR onto the players. Either way, it moves us one step closer to the games. Either way, I guess we're giving up baseball for Lent this year. I guess. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Robert Lucidich going to talk tons of golf with him. I'm very excited and dig into this drama that is happening. And then later on the show, Christoph Waltz, it's View from the Cheap Seats. Don't go anywhere. Guys, with the bustling holiday season well underway, ready-to-eat meal delivery can lend a helping hand, and our good buddies at Factor, they got it. They shop, they prep, they cook, they deliver to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays. How good does that sound? Minus the hassle, that sounds even better. Plus, you know, you got 34 meals per week. Gourmet Plus, Keto, which I've been doing and I love, Calorie Smart Vegan Plus Veggie, and 36 Plus Weekly Add-ons. You'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My mouth is watering. I can't even do this ad. Our holidays, look, they're jam-packed. I know yours are too. Everyone's looking down the barrel of like so much busy time. If you got two minutes, you get the factor meals. They're super easy to prepare. And all of a sudden you're having like a restaurant quality meal in your own home. It's cheaper than going out. As we mentioned, 34 meals per week, 36 plus add-on options. It's amazing. It's cheaper than dining out. Take that money that you save from from not going out and spending money at a restaurant and spend it on the holidays, on gifts and stuff. Special occasion meal, Gourmet Plus, perfect solution. If you're looking for that, upscale. Their options are done easy. It's amazing. Look, here's what you do. Head to go.factor75.com slash sklar60. Use the code sklar60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code sklar60 at go.factor75.com slash sklar60 to get 60% off your first box. I'm telling you, this factor thing is amazing. You'll be amazed at how much time and money you save, and we all need that as we roll into the holidays. Hey, guys, welcome back. Uh, as we mentioned before, we're talking golf because golf talking golf, and in studio we have a gentleman who we've – had on Jim Rome show as, as we've guessed so had special. him on this show he's called in on that or zoomed in on that Robert Lucidich so happy to have you here Welcome. in studio it's, it's it's just a surreal experience right, right? we're it's we're surreal. back talking to each other again face to face well golf was like the one sport that you could kind of play during the pandemic i remember there were no galleries at the beginning but it was just this sport that's like we're outdoors we yep. can be distanced like if as long as you as long be, as we film it sort of like without really hitting the galleries it still looked like golf on tv it did, and and just the 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 boom and the participation of golf, uh, it's not a coincidence. I mean, if you can't go and have a beer with your buddies at a yep. sports bar, you could go to the golf course and have Smoke a couple a beers, cigar, and, and walk, walk along, take a walk, and 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 
golf really is booming. I mean, the 2021 numbers on participation, on sales from golf balls, golf clubs, they're, they're, they have now surpassed 2,000, which which was the, the previous mark with Tiger. Tiger so, kind of – but but I even notice it as a casual, I want to book a round of golf. You got to go nine days out. You got to yeah. like – as I soon as they release the, the, the tee times, you got to book it. Like it's a different – animal right now yeah no it feels it, like. it, absolutely it, and it's growing and it was and really uh i mean there's nothing about the pandemic that's that was good but right. um but if there is anything that that it it helps i mean the sport like golf really benefited and here we are more people are interested and more people obviously uh are watching and and that is how we ended up with our friends uh, from saudi Wanting to buy I mean, in. So, so let's, let's start talk, there. Let's talk about this because I, am I wrong? Correct me if I'm wrong, but like there was this idea of it, like the Super League, almost like a, Formula One. Almost was like the, Formula was One the, was the model, but like there right. was, remember there was that dalliance with the Super League of foot, of soccer, yes. you know, where they're like, we're going to. Very similar. We're Which, by form- the way, hasn't gone away. Right. No. They're redoing it. They're, they're not going to go away because the money's too, too, it's too much money. So explain, uh, so explain this kind of super golf. It's to rival the PGA. How does it take root, and how does it? And is it even possible that it could succeed? Well, I mean, money is the is the one and only answer, right? Okay? As as it is the answer to most things. Sure. Follow the money, and uh, look, when you have a group of people that don't really care if there is losses if there are losses early on right um and going back to the soccer well Model. i grew up calling it football but i mean arsenal uh my the, my team that Your i support team. they they you know they, they recorded a hundred million pound loss um now they're not owned by the saudis but that's just standard operating procedure that's right for any of the the clubs that are owned by the big middle eastern Petrodollars. That's right. So they've now taken that model, which was initially not a Saudi idea. It was an idea that was uh, born in, um, in in Europe from European mm-hmm. backers, but they just didn't have the money to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And the Saudis came along and and essentially bankrolled it. Um, and I think honestly, if they had, if it hadn't been the Saudis, and it was some you know nebulous hedge fund right I, I think it probably flies it probably works because who who who's to say that a 40 something year old guy on the downside of his career shouldn't earn 20 million bucks when he's probably not going to get anything with the PGA tour because he's not performing as well as right. he did so I don't you know the there there are a lot of it's it is a black and white issue for a lot of people but it really isn't there's a lot of gray to it the PGA Tour has always had these guys be independent contractors. That's right. And so can you do it? You know, does it constitute restraint of trade if you then – Is there a no-compete clause, so to correct. speak? Could you participate? Because, look, there are guys who are on the European Tour who also play on – like, is there a scenario where that right. could exist? And, and they, are they, were they planning on setting these matches? Obviously, they're not going to compete with the Masters. They're not going to – what a big no, match weekend of the match. No, they're going to compete with the PGA Tour and the number. So they they did do a deal with the Asian Tour, which is a legitimate tour. And and you know if there's a, even if this all falls apart, the Saudis are left with a rather large bill that they owe the Asian Tour. That's right. Um, so I think honestly that's uh, probably not a bad thing in terms of the growth of the game, the global growth of the game. Of course, Asia being the biggest market I think that we're going to see explode in golf in the coming years. Um, but, you know, getting back to it, uh, because of the sports washing concept yeah. and, and, and the allegations that the Saudis are just doing this because they want Dustin Johnson to say how great it is diving, you know, scuba diving at the Red Sea. That's right. How nice the beaches are. That's right. How we're growing the game. Well, the regime in Saudi uh, is, uh, as we know, uh, a brutal one. And a brutal it, one that kills journalists and, correct. and has and, just... And, and there's not a lot of freedoms. No, that, uh, that's right. So it's very difficult to... Um, and, and look, again, going back to the black and white issue versus the shades of grey, you know, there are other tours that play in Saudi that accept Saudi money. Um, so at some, at, at some point, did we, you know, have we gone a little bit overboard... 
I would suggest that some of my uh, colleagues in the Gulf media who are aligned with the PJ Tour, um, perhaps corporately in some cases, mm, yeah. um, have realized that this is an attempt, this is a, a you know, you can go as hard as you want uh, at, at, at digging into news because the, these are now going to be the bad guys. The competitors. And so they're going after them and – there isn't. There aren't a lot of people that are, you know, putting their hand up saying, "I think this is a great idea," other than, of course, the wives of the forty players of the, that, of the thirty players yes. who are going to sign, who right. are like, "This is a great idea." You're giving my, you know, and the money that we're talking about is astronomical, and it is money that these guys are likely not to be seeing. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau would have been uh, the outlier to that because he was much younger than the rest of them. But you know, Phil Mickelson's. 51. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's 51, but you'd say to yourself, and this is how it relates to a lot like baseball in certain ways. Like how much more money does Phil Mickelson need? I mean, look, it's up to him how he Correct. makes his money and what yeah. he does. But if you're Phil Mickelson, and again, this, the whole thing is that Phil Mickelson, 70 to $90 million. Are you $20 million happier? Well, so there's that question. And like what he did winning that major after the age of 50, which I don't believe Tiger is going to do win a major, but look, never you know. More, you never you know. have more insight on that than I would. But he could, for a long time, say, "Okay, I'm the guy. I'm I'm I did something that you know the greatest of all time has not done and doesn't look like he's going to accomplish." You kind of write. You can sort of dine out on that for a long time, right off in the sunset as Correct. that guy. Yeah. Why would he mess with his own thing? It, to me, feels very, like, even, you just got to be very careful. It's not a friend he's talking to. It's it's a media person that he's talking to. You just got to be so careful with what you say. Absolutely. And and there's a little bit more, you know, uh, sort of, there's a bit more texture to this story because Please, a there's, a, there's a, um, a book that's coming out by Alan Shipnuck, who's a, been a colleague of mine for, you know, a few decades. Yeah. Where he was at Sports Illustrated for a long time, right. and he's now with um, a group called the Fire Pit Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been—I've I've known that he's been wanting to do a, a book on Phil uh, for a long time, and I think Phil has avoided it. And um, he just decided, well, I'll just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that—you know—I'm sure, knowing Shipnuck, that there will be plenty of balance in it. But there's. You know he's not an idiot. He knows that there will be some salacious stuff. Here's how you sell you the sell book. Here's how you sell the book. And, and this is and you know when this book drops, I I think that the carefully crafted brand that Mickelson has, which has, has been uh, his trademark, it's, it's, he's very very good. I mean I I you know I used to call Phil. Uh, we haven't spoken in a long time, but uh, but I used to call him the candidate because I mean he was forever running for office. Right. It's a great. And, way to contextualize who he was because he did seem like he was constantly running for political candidate kissing babies so you know he just but he understood it and he understood the sponsors so january 1st of every year i I, i'd love to you know know like how big the check was that he got from various sponsors but uh, the other thing about phil is uh he's the smartest guy in the room so and he has to be so you don't get a name like fig jam Unless you do, I don't know if I can use that. Uh, if I can, you can. Can I tell you? Yeah, you can yeah. for sure. Fuck, I'm good. Just ask me. Yes, <laughs> of course. Big Jam. So yeah. he he. You know when 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 you when you get a name like Fig Jam, it's earned. Okay? Yeah. So you, well, you right. didn't give it to yourself. That's for sure. So he's mm-hmm. he. When it came down to it, um, you look at the personalities involved. Greg Norman. I've known you know the shark for. A long, long time, right? And Greg Norman has never really—he's got—he might—he's a shark. I, I like to say he's a shark with an elephant's memory. Uh-huh. He's never forgiven a slight or, or or forgotten one. Yep. So when he tried to put together a world tour uh, with my old boss at Fox Sports, David Hill, uh, the PGA Tour essentially just dunked on him. They took, yeah. they they pulled the rug out from under him and said, "This is a bad idea. This is the U.S. Tour." You know. And then, of course, what do they do? A couple of years later, they do the WGCs, and they essentially steal his idea. Yeah, he gets no credit, and I think that well, he's harbored that, which for a long time, and he had a career of 
being almost there. I mean, he's he won some majors. Let's let's. He won two that. majors. Won two majors brilliantly, which, and he should have won probably eight. Yeah, right. exactly. He yeah. he was in position to win eight. He so was, in my opinion, he could have been Phil. I mean, how many has Phil won? Six. 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 So like, but he, Phil, remember, he had his fair share of chokes. He did at the start of his career. He did, and so you uh, kind of and and the the problem then the sad part about Norman is like he couldn't just live it out in his own things. That every time Phil would choke, you're like, here's another Greg Norman. And yep. so he's reliving it every single time someone else kind of goes down that path for him, which, again, I think it needs to be stated. Greg Norman won two majors. That's unbelievable. And, and, and let's remember another thing that, uh, you know, Tiger had 600-plus weeks at number one in the world, but second was Norman at 336. So he really was, and you look at a lot of other – Phil Mickelson, for instance, um, has never been number one. That's amazing. Ever, right? That's an and amazing part of that step. is because he came in the time of Tiger. So he did. He did. So that was the his, you know, Andy Roddick to to Correct. Federer and to those Fed, guys. Yeah. That he but but he still managed where Roddick only won one. Yeah, Phil has managed to to win and he's been better. Uh, uh, the once he got over that first hump and I was there it was a 2004 Masters. Yeah. Um, and I vividly remember everybody, you know, um, Tiger Woods did a lot to destroy the soul of Ernie Els sure. in the early 2000s because yes. Ernie was I still say Ernie, I mean, he was exceptionally good. He would have been uh, a a once-in-a-generation kind of player. Wow. But Tiger was just a a once-in-a-century kind of player, and he just kept kept killing Tiger, uh, killing Ernie Ernie. over and over. But nothing nothing destroyed Ernie's heart, you know, just broke his heart more than Phil Mickelson winning that Masters because Ernie was just waiting for the playoff. And he was on the putting green. I remember him on the putting green God. at Augusta National thinking, okay, Phil, this guy, he's a choker. I'll take he's, him. He's I'll not, take He's this. not making the putt. That's right? right. And then Phil made the putt. Yeah. And I'm t- it killed Ernie. But <sighs> it was huge for Phil because after that, he started getting belief in, in, in himself. And I mean, it's not that he's ever, never not had belief in himself, but in those moments when the pressure's on and you're in the cauldron on the back nine at a major – you need it's, it's mental. Some, it's, it's between it's the ears. It's completely different animal than trying to win. You know the Bob Hope. Uh, you know, so Phil true. and Norman, in a lot of ways, they do share some characteristics. But I think also in other ways, um, I, I, I believe that Norman was a more consistent player. Um, but what did they both share is that they they they, they shared this idea that the PGA Tour runs the show. The suits are running the show, but the golfers are the product, and they feel that they need more say. And there's truth to that. The, I the, think there's definitely truth. The Players Advisory Council, I had a, a, a major champion send me a text when all of the story was breaking in, in the last few weeks, and I said, what about the Player Advisory Council? Yeah. And he says, that's, the, that's where the tour – uses it's the venue the tour uses to announce things right we we don't get don't we're just to we're just told yeah how it's going to be um and then little things annoy players like when they hear the bonuses that, that the tour guys are making when they sign a sponsor i mean these are not small sums and the players feel that you know well who says you can you can get that who says that when you miss a cut i get it in 1957 you miss a cut there's Eight thousand total dollars. You can't pay everybody, but are you telling me that in twenty twenty two, if you miss a cut, you get nothing? Um, That's it. Seems a little considering how much money the sport makes on. Correct. You're talking about sponsorships, sponsoring that they absolutely. So this is it's so funny because we're going through this with baseball right now as yeah. well, where the players are like, we are the and college sports where the players are Correct. like, we are the product. We should be allowed to make money yeah. off jersey sales, off other things. As comedians, we went through it over and over again in the in the seventies when they fought for. Just some pay at the comedy store yeah. to get for and a set. And of I'll comedy. say this: and so comedy was, you know, comedians started to get paid a little bit of money. And it wasn't until Joe Rogan, you got to give that guy credit, he was going to the comedy store and it was packed with people. And he said, "Why am I only making fifty bucks for this yeah. set? They're all here to see me." He said, "All the comics should be paid." And he wound up getting it so that the comics got paid. So now when we go do sets over at the comedy store, we get paid decently for a Tuesday yeah. night fifteen minute set. It takes that. Step forward exactly. here. And that's so, what that's what the PGA players are just looking for, and, and the, the MLB. Yeah. And and I think that so the PGA Tour obviously this is a this is now grown into a, a the realm of politics and politicking. Sure. So when we saw during the Riviera, the week of Riviera, 
out of the blue, Dustin Johnson issues a statement, and he was heavily linked with the uh, Saudi. Saudis. Yeah, issues a statement saying that he'll be playing on the PJ Tour, and then Bryson DeChambeau, another statement. So suddenly, there you know somebody got to them. Yeah, and uh, and then we see. PIP, which is one of the great jokes. So of, the PIP, this is yeah, fascinating. Explain this, yeah. Pip, 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 which is the um, player. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's essentially a popularity contest. That's all it is. How, how much have you grown the game of Participation golf? Participation thing, like yeah. have you? Well, yeah. How many eyeballs have you brought to yeah. golf? Like through social media, yeah. through how right. many people ratings so and TV? somebody will have to explain to me how Dustin Johnson, uh, who doesn't really have a lot to say most times. No. How did he get seventh place and $3 million? I mean, I get Paulina Gretzky, his significant sure. other. But I looked on his Instagram account, and the only thing that I can see that was like, kind of like, you know, uh, a little eye-popping was that he went to Trump's Halloween party, and I'm not sure what he dressed as. It was a bit of a weird yes, costume. Right. But Paul, somebody he dressed, dressed as Paulina Gretzky. Somebody dressed just like Trump. Uh -huh. uh, Maybe it was him. Uh, yeah, he looked a lot like Trump. But, uh -huh. um, but is that worth $3 million compared to – uh, a guy like, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw out Max Homer. He engages people in social media. He's he's a, he's an L.A. kid. Uh, not, a, a, not a kid anymore, but... Um, it is a popularity contest. Bubba Watson is 10th why is, why was Bubba? Why was Bubba 10th? What did what, he do what to... What did he do? So and I'll tell you what they all did, right? Six of... Five of those, but prob maybe six of those guys, they were all going to sign with the Saudis. That's it. <laughs> so what did the tour do? It's these were bribes. Wow. Nothing nothing else but a bribe. Tiger Woods didn't play a lot of golf last year. He barely no. played any golf. But he last got eight year. million. Yeah, right? he got eight million and he Phil Mickelson did win the big major, but yes, didn't did. have another top ten all no. season. No. He gets second. He gets six. Million, um, six and then million. so you, you, you go down that list and you think, okay, what what are they trying to do here? And obviously, to me, what they were trying to do, you got a lot of guys in their forties. You're trying to give them a reason not to go to the yeah, Saudis. Look, we can give you some money here. And the Saudis, you know, from, I mean, a player, at the week of Riviera, I ran into a, a player I know, and and he, I asked him how real it was, and he said, it's it's so real that once you sign, the money's in your account within 24 hours. Wow. And they're big sums. Big sums of money. Bigger than Venmo, I'm yeah, guessing. I mean, it's, it's bigger than Venmo. Bigger than Venmo. But, I, you know, when I... Jordan Spieth was number four on the PIP list this Correct. year. Okay, so Jordan Spieth was at the uh, at the waste management. I mean, we're not allowed to call it that. The WM. Yeah. So the waste management. Wasted management. The wasted obviously. management, which mismanagement. Is wasted which, people on sixteen. Wasted people mismanaged. Right. Who mismanaged are mismanaging their, their alcohol, alcohol consumption. consumption. There you go. There so, you go. But it is the most fun event and like from yeah. a, from a crowd gallery perspective. That sixteenth tee is yeah. just the greatest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Uh, I saw it on my TikTok. Who hit the hole in one? Someone got a hole in one on the 16th. That Sam just, or who hit? The, oh, was it Sam Ryder? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he hit a unbelievable. Just, just beer flying everywhere, and it was amazing. I'm like, I can't believe this is golf. But Spieth well, it's was, Cabo, right? <laughs> right. It's true. It's Cabo. It is Sammy Cabo. Hager should be there. That's somewhere. right. They're selling cocking his tequila. <laughs> but when Jordan Spieth was in it, and I, the whole thing was fascinating. But as he's in it, you're saying to yourself. Okay, I'm watching this because I love Jordan Speed. And I feel like a lot of people, he does bring eyeballs to to something like yeah. that. If he's in it on is he's in it down the stretch, and he was in it until like the last three holes. It yeah. shows you how hard it is to win a golf tournament, even if you're Jordan Speed, even if you've won majors, even if you are have it in hand. Yeah. I feel like there are more guys right now who are there's 20 guys right now who can win any tournament and can go on a run, maybe at least, 25. At least. It's never been as deep. I, I yeah. have this argument a lot with uh, with people on, on social media. Um, I, my, my attitude is that Jack Nicklaus had to beat, probably only had to beat about 10 or 12 guys. That's right. Every week, yeah. right? Um, and, and now some guy that's like Sepp Stracker, for instance, uh -huh. okay, yeah. just one, um, just wins, and you, the Sepp Strackers of nineteen sixty six didn't win tournaments. They were just trying to get their gas money to go to the next event, drive down the road. Wow. But, but came I will from say behind this. to win. Let me just say, came from Sepp strap on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah, came yeah. from two strokes well, down. Dan, to yeah, win. Da Daniel Berger. I, he kind he, of melted down. Da, but you know, uh, 
one of the things that I remember uh, when I was writing uh, Unplayable on Tiger was he, I asked him about um, some of his wins, you know, and he said, um, you, it's almost impossible to play four rounds where you're on your game and you're great, right? So There's true. always going to be one where you're not great. And the difference is that he, instead of that being a 73, he scrambled his way to a 69 or a 70 just to keep it going. So then and the, then the next day, yeah, it's it 60, 65 and 66. That's right. That's right. And, and uh, you know, Steve Williams is caddy. So, you know, we were somewhere and he said, he said, you know, there's a lot of these guys that, that can, you know, t turn a, 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 you know, like a 72 into a 69. He goes, but, you know, the difference is Tiger can turn a 69 into a 64. Yeah. And, and he was just that much better. But a guy like Spieth, um, going back to Spieth, I mean, he, he has a tremendous, tremendous um, heart and his short game's great. He doesn't always hit it great. There's, he makes mistakes. He does. Um, yeah. But that's part of his allure. But I would say that in terms of the, the Saudi experiment, let's call it, the Rebel Tour, yeah, there wasn't going to be a lot of guys that – still had majors in them that were going to go. That's right. I think we're, we were, you know, there's, there was a lot of guys who were on the downside of their career and it was going to be a big, one last big payday. And on top of it, you you know, the, I think that they had maybe 10 or 12 events sorted and I think uh, 10 of them were in the U.S. So it was, it was going to be just – Easy money. So yeah, it's, it's and, not and like that, you're playing you know, in Saudi Arabia while they're beheading someone. Who, no, this was a, who, a, a wife who yeah. cheated on her husband on the ninth hole. Like Correct. that's not happening. But here's my question: and it as guys are playing better later in life, Phil is the example being mm -hmm. winning a major at fifty. I mean, we grew up in St. Louis, and Hale Irwin is a St. Louis guy, yeah. and. Hill Irwin did he? It's like what I did he join the senior tour when he was like forty one? He, like, yeah. he joined it like so. It was so you like were the winningest the, guy ever in the senior in the senior tour. tour. You, you're on the regular PGA tour, and right. then you join the senior tour when you're forty eight. Well, a lot of these guys still have golf to play, and like you said, maybe they're not winning the tournaments, but they're just not ready to go to that senior tour. Could well, this be like the bridge to the senior? And tour? and and, and I think this is where this is where um, Greg Norman and the those that are with him that, are pl that were planning this, where they were going with it. I mean, you're not going to get Rory. He doesn't oh. – he, he – You get Rory Sabatini, maybe. You could get Rory Sabatini. <laughs> you all get Rory – You get a Rory, <laughs> by the way. The, right Rory. Rory. the silver medalist from that's Slovakia. Right. That's right. I mean, that's Amen. one of the great stories. Amen. But great but, story. but, but, you know, Rory um, Rory had a, a, a line which I – you know, where he said, you know, when I was – a hundred million dollars poorer than I am now. I really didn't feel much different, you know. And I that my goals were the same. I still and, couldn't get a girl to date me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's married now. Yes. I know, but, but for a while he had yeah. But he was, but um, yeah. Well, he had to get rid of those locks. They were, right. it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was not a good look. Facts. Raw's not a good look. Keep the keep the short hair. Keep the short. Keep it um, high and tight. But he, when you know, he's when you look at somebody like that or a, a Justin Thomas, mm -hmm. a Colin Morikawa, mm -hmm. they're just starting and they're they're looking at. They're looking at their legacy. Patrick right. Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay is another one. I, I would never have thought he would have been interested. They're they're looking at at legacy, and also let's face it, the PGA Tour is a pretty good place to be when you're at the top. I mean, they do look after the stars. Absolutely. And, and, and if 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 you if you went to one of these player meetings, you know the the guys that. Uh, might be described more as sort of journeymen or bottom feeders. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you how much the PGA Tour looks after the stars. That's right. Versus them, and 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 that it's a star system and it's set up that way. That's so right. they push that. Right. Um, so they're making, you know, they're making a, a lot of money now. Again, Phil is at a point over fifty. He's not. Obviously, he had lightning in a bottle. Sure, one week at the PGA, Amazing. but he's not going to be competitive no. against no. these guys. He can't. He's not going to be on the leaderboard every no, week. Like he's not even going to be on the leaderboard more than once a year. That's he's right. he it, he's going against uh, a lot of history. Right. You, you get to a point if you look at the the the, the age a golfer's peak age, it's somewhere in their mid thirties, and then. Not to say that you can't be winning at forty two or forty three or forty four. The reality is, right. reality is, once you you know you look at these names. I mean, 
I remember one day I went to a major and Nick Price wasn't in the field, right? And I thought uh, – I went looking for him and I was like, I wonder where Nick Price – he wasn't in the field. And I thought, how could Nick Price not be in the field? Well, you know, who who is undefeated? Father Tom. Yeah, um, that's and, right. And he remains and the undefeated. Internet. Internet and Father Tom are that's the two true. things that cannot be defeated. So, you know, look, it's it's. I think it's an interesting time for golf. In some ways, I do really think that this whole Saudi thing is has livened up the the the, the conversation. Ha- look, we're talking about, about it. And and here's my question: Could Phil have had have gotten out the same sentiment, but said it better and not taken any heat for what he said? Well, I could mean, he have simply said, "I don't align with some of the values of the people with the money behind it," and that's I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, he did. If you look at the quote that Shipnuck had, I mean, there was he, you know, he so said the some, Saudis are scary, like that crazy, some scary mother effers, is what he said. I think he said motherfuckers. That's right. And uh, so this is another issue. So he loses KPMG. Okay, his For prime, fifteen years since he had that more, a very long time. So right. he's had them as his prime, you know, prime sponsor. And right. So I asked you know, somebody a little bit behind the scenes, what was going on. And he's like, they have three offices in Saudi. That's right. What are they going to do? They're, you know how much money they're making out of Saudi Arabia? You can't have your guy be saying that. And by the way, you know, again, like Jay said, if he would have phrased it differently, like I think that what this thing is doing is interesting and this is an interesting path, but you know, I I don't know if I can align myself with fully. It's, it's, and, and it's a little, you know, it's a little, uh, Jack Nicholson saying you can't handle the truth kind yeah. of a kind of an approach because he's he's essentially saying look the PJ Tour does things and and I get it the 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 the, uh, the media rights are an issue um, why shouldn't the players control more of their their own rights right um, all of these are issues he did say Jay Monahan the commissioner of the PJ Tour he said you know Jay's a nice guy but he won't do the right thing unless you put a gun to his head and make wow. him do it. So, which the Saudis can do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he then, really wrapped it up together. And then we bring in MBS's, uh-huh. you know, security police yeah, right, to, right. to deal with, go. and we send him to to Ponte Vedra Beach. Jeez. I mean, it's, um, it, I do like that the players now with, and again, you see it like we we're saying in college sports, college, they have a platform with social media where they didn't have it 10, 15 years ago, right. where they can start to say like, hey, this is – it really is all about messaging. I mean, it's it in is. so many ways, if the messaging is perfect, you can make your point in actually a very effective way. Right. And I think, Phil, what's most shocking to me really – Because he's always been about the message. He, he's, he is – what we said at the beginning. An unbelievable ambassador. Um, just Which little, is what Rory little, came back and said – he know, doubled back and said. Little things he, he would – he would move. He's the first guy that ever moved uh, his Callaway logo across, so it wasn't on the side of his shirt. It was over here because when he would do a, a press conference, right you there. couldn't see it, right? So he would move it here. Smart. He would he would put his ball down uh, if there was a camera behind on the tee, so the Callaway logo was facing, facing the camera, Genius. not not on the top, right? So little things. That frankly, Tiger would never do in a million years, or care about, or think about. Um, but Phil really did those things, and he was, um, you know, he showed up to the corporate outings. He did. He pl- pressed the flesh. He did. He the- did all of those things, and then it it it's kind of mind boggling to me that at fifty one, when he's pretty much, it's kind like of it achieved it. It's like the woman on a first date who waits till she gets home to just finally fart. Yeah. She's finally, or dude, just there, you're letting problem it out. Is, I've held it in for 15 is, years, 25 years. problem is he did it at dessert in a yeah. packed oh, restaurant. Oh, in a packed and he restaurant. he shit his pants on yeah. this one. And there was no wondering <laughs> who, who did it. Who, who did you can't it. blame the dog on this he one. Can't, so now, can he, obviously he's a very smart person in terms of saying the right things moving forward, and he realizes he stepped in it on both sides. Yeah. Can he repair this moving forward? I mean, first, he's got to repair PGA, obviously. I, I think uh, when the Shipnuck book comes out, I haven't read it. I did, uh, full disclosure, help him a little bit yeah. with with, uh, with some of his research. So, um, And I did, you know, give him some, some information. He asked me questions. So, uh, you know, I, I contributed in some small way, as many people did. but. Sure. Uh, and again, I haven't seen the finished product, but from what I'm hearing, uh, there there are going to be some bombshells in there. Um, 
Phil has, I don't know if you've, you know, how much you guys are aware, but um, Billy Walters, who is probably the, was the biggest sports gambler in, in the history of so there was sports that. gambling. There was that. Ended up doing a stretch in the big house because of an insider trading uh, story, mm-hmm. and Phil was it kind of in the government's uh, government's uh, a key witness for the government. And the irony of the, all of that was that the law had been changed just for a little window of about sixteen months. And Phil fell into that window. Otherwise, he may have been himself. Yeah. Can you imagine that? facing some prison time? Well, or, I don't know about prison time, but, but but the point is that he may there may have been charges, charges because you which, could you could say that what Phil did, you owe, owe someone a million dollars. They tell you some stock information, tips and yep, then yep. you invest in them and you give them the million dollars. I mean, that's insider trading. It sounds that's, a lot like it to me. Really I don't like know. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, though. I'm not, a lawyer. It, I'm not either, but, but anyway, from our we, lay perspective. We almost went to law school. We almost yeah. went to law school. So I mean, can you imagine uh, that's what the world needs? Two more Jewish, Two more Jewish lawyers. lawyers. No, we funny ones. Funny ones. Funny though. ones would have been great. I mean, you could have been the funny guys. I mean, so, but so he's got to repair this. He's got, I think he's got some... Um, more things coming out that, that are probably going to be quite unsavory. I mean, there's stuff with his wife that's kind of always Correct. been rumored so about, like they're, philandering they're, around. Yeah. So I, I, and I don't, you know, look, I, we don't know. I don't. Know I don't any know any of, of it. I, I know that there will be. Um, I know Shipnuck's a, a thorough, very thorough uh, reporter, he is known to do and, his research, and he will have done his research. He'll present a story. I don't know. I, I would imagine that it's been legaled very very closely because you don't levy that stuff if no, you don't Phil, if you can't back it up phil's gonna have a battery of of attorneys answer going it. through every line in the book but so do i think he can repair his image i think it's it's not going to happen quickly i think that the book hasn't even come out yet no and, when is it supposed uh, to drop do you know I don't. I, it, it is summer? in the, it is i, I believe summer? that uh shipnuck said something about uh Supply chain issues, literally, like wow. we don't, we haven't chopped don't enough have the trees. Put the, you don't have the paper have, to put the books on. Not enough trees have been chopped. Get it on your Jeez. Kindle. So I'm um, gonna read it. I'm definitely cannot read wait. It. And I think, in a weird way, it's good for golf. The more well, we talk about, again, yeah. I, it just it. People who love golf and that crowd is growing. I mean, I've said this. To, I've said this to you, Rand. I said, thank God for the Golf Channel for rerunning the. The matches that happen on the the yeah yeah that, for the weekend because they rerun them at night. I don't have time to watch them. I'm with my little kids, right. but at nighttime there's a window from yeah. like eight to ten when they're running this thing at night where I get to sit back and watch golf. Yeah, and I'm I like, agree. it's part of my life, and I think for a lot of people that's they need that peaceful escape, and it's growing, growing, growing. I think a book like this might go to beyond to other people who don't yeah, even and, know and, about what's and going remember on. tiger obviously had his scandal sure. and i that sure. became a you know that 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 became a, a very a big part of my book because it, it yeah. unfolded as i was writing so I, I couldn't ignore it and there was just amazing stuff there but the thing that uh, that i was most surprised about with tiger is the same thing that i'm most surprised about with phil which is the recklessness the recklessness like I, I get that you think you're bulletproof because your entire life has shown you that you are bulletproof. That's right. But you you they just get to a point where the they're, they're so careless and negligent and and reckless. It's crazy. That they think they can take they think they can do it and get away with it. And so that is what's really difficult and Jason and I have always said this. We've been doing this podcast for a long time that every posse, every who is in your entourage, who is in your group, your inner circle you should have one person on your staff that's a no man. Yeah. Tiger's like, I'm going to drive myself to this thing in the morning. No, Tiger no, doesn't no, have no, We're going to get you a driver. You're going to do it. Phil's like, hey, I'm going to do no. this book. No, nope. don't no, do no, it. No. You don't need to. It's, you might be paying money for this guy, yeah. but it's going to save you a lot of money and it's save you a lot of headache in the, in the future. No. And there's no reason. I mean, the, the, you know, both of them, Tiger especially, uh, yeah, he's, he just wants to, he's the captain of his own ship, that's as right. is Phil. And um, and they, if you hang around, if you're in that in that group, um, 
The reason you're there is you say, that's a great idea, Tony. Yeah, man. That's a great idea. Well done, brother. All right, well, let's take a break. This is amazing. This is fascinating. We talked talk to, to you forever. forever. Robert Lucidich is with us. Uh, Unplayable is the book. You can still get that, so you can read that in the meantime while you wait for the uh, Phil Mickelson book Read his on. book on Tiger. Read his book on Tiger. It's absolutely... It, he wrote the book on Tiger. Can we just say that? I, I mean, that's the a book great on way. Tiger. That's a wonderful way to say it, and uh, his insights into golf are amazing. But we're going to talk about some other stuff in Quick Hits. Shall we do that? do that? We'll take a break. We'll be right back with Robert Lucidich. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, Robert, how do people follow you? I want our fans to follow you on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter, Robert Lucetich, L-U-S-E-T-I-C-H. Follow him, check out what he's doing, and as we said, read his book, Unplayable. Uh, if you want to follow us, hey, we're going to be in Cleveland doing shows, which I'm very Polarities, which is one of our favorite clubs. Our buddy Jay Larson was just there. We'll be there uh, on March 18th and 19th, right? Yes, 18th and 19th, correct. Friday and Saturday night, two shows each night. That's going to be super fun. Our buddy Zach Martina is featuring for us, so come see us in uh, Cleveland, and we'll be at the um, Moon Tower Comedy Festival at the end of uh, April, and then in the middle of May, we'll be in Seattle at the Crocodile, which is an amazing rock club. Very excited to play all that stuff. And we are working on our reboot of our old show, Cheap Seats, from ESPN Classic. For We uh, shoot that this month. We are shooting our show, for new the show UFC. for the UFC. It's called uh, The Nosebleeds, where we take a look at their old weird footage and have fun with that and make jokes over and do sketches. Lots of fun things coming out for you guys. But first, let's get into these quick hits, shall we? Uh, I don't know if you saw the LeBron James quote after losing to the Mavs. Uh, to me, was what we were talking about. It shows that he's got no one in his life that say, hey, run that by me first before you say that out loud. Anytime you want to say something, it might be controversial. Here's the quote. Until you bury me 12 feet under, then I've got a chance. Okay, yes, the Lakers have lost 10 of 13, but... It, and this is the word, like this is probably the worst. I don't think anyone's been buried run. twelve feet under. Well, that's you're going to be buried twice, right? So right, it's, it's, or it's, underneath it's another guy, underneath, underneath another coffin, another coffin, <laughs> right? <laughs> Take a coffin and go twelve feet below that, and that's where you got to bury. So him. obviously, LeBron is floating around in the ether of the of the greatest of all time. It's a tomb. It's a tomb. Actually. It is a tomb. <laughs> it's a tomb. It's right. Right? So, Egyptian, series of tunnels, Egyptian sarcophagus. Tomb, sarcophagus. Yeah. Alright, so 12 feet under. Until you bury him 12 feet under. There's something to me that has always said that, that the reason why LeBron is not even necessarily in the same sentence as Kobe is because he lacked that one thing that was that, I don't care about anyone. I don't care about anything but winning. Yeah. There's a moment in there where he's like, and Randy are like, that might set him up better for the rest of his life in terms he, of like. He's a much more balanced person because right. ultimately, I mean, I've been around, I wasn't really around Kobe. I interviewed him a couple of times, but um, I was I was around Michael Jordan a little bit. And, and I mean, I was pretty convinced that if you like, cut him open there was a cold black heart in there yeah. oh okay yeah. look, look watch the last dance Kill. where are Kill. his friends where are his friends where are your friends uh, what about that the hall of fame speech yeah oh, you get the guy hey. you beat out in high school no one from the bulls <laughs> that, wanted to like, come that's not petty does, at all does anybody remember whose ankle you broken i mean but it, but he did and 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 so like the Greg Norman thing of like Correct. not wanting Norman. to let go of the person that wronged you a long time ago because yeah. you're like you were. No, Norman like, is an exactly. It's a very, very uh, good, good uh, analogy oh, because yeah. um, they just don't forgive and they certainly don't forget. So it's the quality that makes you a great competitor yeah. in the moment, but hurts you later on in life. So yeah, I, Tiger never would have been Tiger without that gene. You know, he so didn't. Yeah, he I'm, had that gene in him too. I mean, he didn't have it at the same. He didn't have it as in, as intensely as as MJ did. Um, so I don't know if I got time for a quick little story. Yeah, please, here. please. So, so, so I was. Uh, it was the Ryder Cup of. Uh, it was in Celtic Manor, 2010, 2011, whatever. Right around after the scandal, and uh, trying to find a place to eat in Wales. Not always the easiest thing to okay. do late at night. Right. So we end up in uh, driving to, um, sorry to all my Welsh friends. It's all right. Um, and all the Welsh people who listen to this yeah, podcast. All the scores of Welsh. So we end up at this, I had remembered because a friend of mine had played uh, for Cardiff City in, mm-hmm. in soccer, football. Yep. And I'd been there. Uh, so I remembered this Italian place. So we we drive there from Newport, which is... Who's with you? 
Just some other journalists. Okay, great. And uh, but one of them, Jim Litke, the Associated Press uh, columnist, uh, is, is a Chicago guy, and he knew MJ a bit. So when we get to this restaurant, it's basically nine o'clock. It's going to close, right. and we talk him into staying open. And who's in the room? There is MJ and his entourage. He was uh, Mad Rashad. Yeah, yeah. they're all in there. And so he comes over to us and uh, and he says, uh, he says, how'd my boy do? And, uh, you know, we were told him how Tiger did. And he goes, you know what his problem is? And I thought to myself, I can't wait to what? hear this. What want, are you going to say? I want to hear I what, hear what you, you think his problem is. Hang on a second. I want to hear what <laughs> Michael Jordan thinks Tiger Woods' problem is. But first, just need a little more Parmesan cheese. Yeah, <laughs> Tiger, we'll just take that check. Uh, as soon Michael. as I get a little salchich on the <laughs> side, right? <laughs> a little side of salchich. What, so, what did so Michael Jordan say his, Tiger Woods' problem? He says his problem is he hears everything. Ooh, right? And it's a very, like, it, it struck me as, like, MJ would have dropped a double nickel on the Knicks yeah. to deal with a scandal. Yeah. He just would have just taken it out taken on it. the New York Knickerbockers. That's right. right? That's right. And, That's right. And, but Tiger hears them in the gallery with their jokes about about pancake house waitresses. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and those little slings and arrows, you know, they just, they heard him. And they... And, and, and there's no question that they did. He heard that. And so years later, I'm watching uh, the, the Kobe doc, uh, yeah. uh, Muse, which is excellent, I thought. And there was a great line, uh, and, and this I put this together just from watching this, where he said after his rape accusation and, and that time, he said that in that preseason, he couldn't. He couldn't play. He couldn't hit anything. He could. He heard all of the slander and the. So what did he do? What did he do? He invented the black mamba. And what what was important about the black mamba, which he says in that documentary, black mamba don't, don't give a it. fuck. That's don't, right. And I got don't an issue. Give a fuck. Snakes don't have ears, right? Yeah. Do they? No. <laughs> But he just created this persona right. in which that's right. That's what he was going to do, and then he comes out and kills it. Now, that's it. And Tiger took... I mean, he he didn't really ever make that transition. He came back, I think, a more balanced, mature, emotionally developed, because he did have some arrested development about he did. him. He did. He but he came of... back as a, as, a, as a good father and as a, as a... You know, obviously, the pills was... He, he kicked the pill habit, which I think was critical. Yep. Um, unfortunately, with this accident and looking at him now, he's a, to me he looks a little bloated. He's, and I get it. Pain, he's probably in a lot of pain. In a lot of pain. Uh, and, and how do you and, deal with that? And that's very hard because if all of us in this day and age know people who are trying to manage pain, and unfortunately, there's just it's very strong pain medicine. They're very strong and they can be very destructive. Ryan Leaf was look. We had him on our podcast and he talked about seeing that video because he watched the Tiger documentary. He saw the video of Tiger, mm. you know, and he was like, "I know that. I know that look in his eyes. I, like I've been yeah. arrested. I know what that yeah. is. I know exactly what he's thinking." Because saw- on some level, in his heart, it's legitimate. I need yeah. this. I need this for this. This pain is telling me I need this. Correct. And yet. There's a different place you have to dig to try to find a way and, to do and, it. And it's not a it, – look, unfortunately, golf being such a mental sport. Uh, you know, Ferrity one time, uh, I was talking to, talking to him, you know, years ago, and, he's, and it was right after the, after the uh, scandal with Tiger, and, and he, he had a great line. He said, you know, you just can't play good golf with doors slamming in your head all the time. Right? And that's what was going on. And the, again, I'm just I'm just offering that as a as as a comparison because I think Kobe found a way to deal with it, and MJ would have just killed it right there, literally. And LeBron kind of hears LeBron a lot. He's, hears he's it more too, like Tiger hears, and it. he's a little bit more. I think I don't want to say sensitive because that's. But I honestly I think perhaps even a more rounded human being. That's right. Because he he does hear what. People say so maybe that's why he's won four and not and, and not and not been to yeah. ten, been, been to, to 11. eleven, yeah, one four, four, been to eleven, yeah. That's yeah. A, and and you look at like a guy like Tom Brady. Tom Brady shuts all that stuff out too. Very Tom good. Brady is like he's like Jordan in that way. Unless Eli Manning's on the other side, then we do 
All right, go ahead, James. One thing you can't do if you're a high school girls hockey coach is wife is assault a student from the opposing school in the stand. That's going to put you in life's penalty. Right? There's so much to unpack. Guilford hockey coach's wife, Christina Binkowski, 47 years old. Three years younger than us. Three years younger than us. Should know better, right? Grabbed a girl's hair, slammed her head into the bleachers. Why? The uh, Binkowski style? That's what it's not. Maybe that's the name for that move. That's what the Binkowski I gave her the Binkowski. I took the hair and I slammed it. The old Binkowski. All right, so I guess it's cool that she's this fired up. Like, as a guy whose wife hasn't come to see him do stand-up for a long time, I guess it's cool that his like Matt, guy's wife comes to his hockey There's game. a moment where Matt Stafford's wife, who is really supportive of him, well, like, she's got her own podcast, and you're just like, uh-oh, what is she? What is she going to say? Like, I, I, I appreciate that you yeah. have a podcast, yeah. but I don't know if she she's going to step in it. Right. But, like, this thing, what I feel like from, from this moment is I'm like, good for her for supporting her husband. You gotta cool out. You can't, can't drink a can't, bottle of schnapps before you come in. You can't into put the, your hands on. You can't lay hands. I don't know if it was schnapps, but I'm just saying. You that, right? Like that that's a hockey crowd. So when they say there's like craziness going at the hockey ring, how many people are here for for a girls' hockey game? That's also I'm kind of psyched about that, right? Well, that's true. But I think that as much as we can uh we can sit and pick this apart, dissect it. I don't think you can just get a girl by the hair and just smack, no, you, smack her. Not a high school kid when you're 47. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably laws that, that are being broken, and and, and 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 there's a reason for it, right? There's a reason for it. If any of it, I mean, I I have uh, coached uh, kids, my kids' teams, sure, same, same. in different sports, same. and there is always that little sense of dread where you see one of the parents and you're thinking oh god please don't please don't please do, keep please it to yourself don't do this take a lap around the field <laughs> like that's lap. you there, yeah. there has to be a take a lap moment where somebody yeah. and a, a parent official maybe we can come up with this right out parent official so i think someone needs to turn on their phone start recording you just got a guy a person like this everything and be like this is going to ruin your life. I will not stop recording Take until a lap. you stop. Yeah. Take, a, Take lap. a lap. You don't need to touch you don't, this. You don't want me to upload this. Also, like, Take I'm going to now fight this high school girl. Like, is are yeah. words that no adult, should, even if you're 25, you should know better. You can't take the fight to her. Like, if a high school drunk high school kid comes up and gets in your face and threatens your... All right, you're you allowed gotta, to... But it's still, I would just get away from that. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a bad idea. Bad, bad. Uh, speaking of bad looks, Red Sox minor leaguer Brett Netzer is no longer uh, speaking of twenty five. A Red Sox minor leaguer, uh, and it has nothing to do with lockouts. It has to do with his Twitter feed. He hasn't played since two thousand nineteen. Now he's never going to play again because of a string of racist, homophobic tweets. Who doesn't know that you can't do that at this point? And he even had self awareness. He's in one of the tweets. He's like, "I may be a little racist." Like, don't say it. Don't say that. Don't keep, say you keep may it to be. yourself. We 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 have. Uh, Sadly, uh, as a society, uh, we've just lost decorum, the idea Completely. of decorum. We've lost it. It's to, People feel that their feelings trump anything. And I use that. Trump. Use that. Properly. Yeah, intended. It's no yes. mistake. It was yes. intended. Yes. They, yes. They, they, it's, it's, you know, I mean, not to, you know, get, get too political, but, but when somebody says, oh, they were just mean tweets. It sets a tone. You're the president of the United States. Right. Have a little decorum and just act like you belong there. And this is, and and then you don't have this uh, this idea that people think they can tell you whatever it is that's on their mind, no matter how gross, no matter how racist, no matter how homophobic. It's it, it's just I just don't understand why we need to hear from someone about the people they don't like and the things they don't you know it's I, I look at these people in, in the Ukraine now and I think to myself you know you got people bleeding on about freedom to I don't want to wear a mask at Sizzler I shouldn't have to right. it's freedom how about someone that's being killed literally right having their dying. home destroyed their country has been invaded and taken over you, by you don't a have brutal dictator Burns right. Taylor, who your favorite guy was in bed with and hanging out and with you don't you oh, don't we got have a whole other podcast that's a whole other coming podcast. up. Yeah. There's a whole other one after that, but uh, it is. Yeah. I agree. It is. I like, just think that we just need to, all of us, all of us, just step back and and say, you know, maybe it's not a terrible idea to be courteous and polite 
and have show some show. Just when I first came to the United States, what really struck me was how friendly people were. I, I, I thought this is the friendliest nation on earth. They're, and I'm from Australia, which is also a friendly, very super friendly. friendly. I was, I, that's how I felt when I went to Australia. Yeah, and Australians yeah. are very, very, very welcoming. But I thought, wow, Americans are like just so unbelievably friendly, yeah. and like they make you welcome. To, they really make you feel like it's good to be here. And I think that we've just lost some of that. Um, yeah, I in, think we've in, backslid in, too. In, you know, in the last, in the last, you know, number of years. And listen, I, conservative friends of mine will say, well, this, this predated Trump and maybe it didn't I just didn't notice right and that's possible I think it got accelerated but it got accelerated right so it was like a I don't know nuclear reactor thing is this crazy Uh, for me to think that this guy's a team he's not plays a team sport like I can almost accept that's that like an individual sport person like like a tennis player or or, or a golf you know a a person who plays golf is maybe a little self-centered because you kind of have to be but to be on a team yeah. And in a clubhouse, in, in baseball, which let's face it, is a multicultural sport. Yeah, for not sure. hockey. No, it's it is a multicultural. I mean, in hockey, is even becoming more becoming multicultural. more multicultural. But like you got tons of Hispanic players, you have black players. That's part of the league. That's what the league has basically become. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't. Un- I just don't get. You know, my my father once said to me, he "said You don't have to like somebody that's different to you." Yeah. But you can't not like them because they're different. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to end this uh, end this interview. It's a it's a great message to put out there for our Patreon fans. We have one more story, so you got to join our Patreon. We're going to do one more story with Robert Lucetich. For everybody else, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got a voicemail from Christoph Waltz. He's obviously not happy about. Porzingis being traded. He's going to detail He's all a that big stuff. Porzingis fan. Uh, we'll do that on the other side of this break. Uh, but uh, Robert, thank you for joining us on the show. It's been a my it's pleasure. A joy. Unplayable is the book. Get it's that. But he wrote the book on Tiger and follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. And uh, we'll be right back with uh, Christoph Waltz. Robert Lucidich, amazing. I love this Amazing. Dude. I and can't wait you, to play golf with him. Me too. And and if you're a, a member of our Patreon, that's uh, patreon.com slash Brothers. We've been gaining members. Very excited about that. Uh, we are. We get into a fantastic story about Patrick Mahomes' dumb brother, Jackson. He does another dumb thing. Yes. So if you want to hear that story, join our Patreon. And now, as promised, we got a voicemail from uh, Christoph Waltz. Not happy. I knew as soon as Porzingis got traded. My first thought was, where's Christoph Waltz and how does he feel? We need to check in on him. We need to check in with this guy, and so we did. He left us a voicemail. Check it out. Randy, Jason, it's Christoph Waltz calling you. I'm just taking a little break and making myself a Waldorf salad for lunch to keep it healthy. I'm just remembering we never talked about this trading frenzy that occurred and how it impacted my favorite player, Christoph Porzingis the unicorn. He's in Washington now. He's in the mid-Atlantic. He's no longer in Dallas. He doesn't have Mark Cuban. His proud papa who's rooting him on from the side in the too tight t-shirt and the too dyed hair. Instead, he's in Washington and he's got a new surrounding cast. He has Kyle Kuzma and he has Ish Smith making his return to the fold. But what will it do? How can a unicorn play next to a Rui Hachimura? How do those two play off of each other? Obviously, Bradley Beal is one of the all-time great shooting guards in the NBA. Not good enough to be in the 75 and to wear the Navy jacket or to drop it to the ground like the worm did. But What does it mean? Because I'm worried about the development of my guy, the unicorn. Will Porzingis be able to continue to develop? You can't just take a chess piece approach. He is like the white Giannis. In fact, I would go so far as to say there's no Giannis without Kristaps. Legal proceedings aside, I know there's some things yet to be completed in Latvia. Give me a jingle. All right. You don't put the zing, you don't put you don't put the zinger in the corner. Mm-mm. You do not put the zing. Don't force the zinger, the zinger to go corner. somewhere he doesn't want to go. Right. Or Amen. maybe this is a rebirth moment. Maybe there's a chance for Porzingis to step out and be the player he always 
He had some injury problems. Remember, he got into he's a never fight. quite lived Didn't up. Did he have like a weird moment with a woman? I mean, I don't want to weird say, stuff. I don't want to say this in front of Christoph Waltz, which is why I'm saying it in front of you. Please do. I don't think he's ever lived up to the hype that he had before he came in as the seven foot six guy who can drain shots from the outside. First of all, he's seven foot four, and second of all, I don't think he's lived up to the height. Yeah, he's two inches two inches shorter than he's two. Inches. I was told he was seven six. He's seven foot four. Jeez, seven four. That hasn't lived up to the hype. Hasn't lived up to the hype. Here's what we've lived up to the hype yes. and the hype. Robert Lucidich, amazing. A uh, shout out to our buddy Brad Morris. Guys, we are shooting. We're so excited. We are shooting. Starting to film next week. Next, so, next week. So pumped. Next week, we're going to start. The, the field pieces for our new show, uh, The Nosebleeds, which is going to be coming out on UFC's Fight Pass. We'll tell you all how to get it as that time uh, arrives and how you can at least tell UFC how it much is you the love cheap it. seats reboot you've all been axing for. It's called the nosebleeds. We're working on that. And then we go in the studio in a couple weeks. Guys, punch waterfall. We'll see you in Cleveland in the middle of this month. We love you and have a good one. A podcast network. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? The holidays are here, and that means you're probably taking care of everything but yourself. But you need to not forget you. Get good sleep. Exercise a little. Follow an eating plan that helps you enjoy the holidays without the food coma. No matter how busy life gets, you can do it. We're Beachbody, and we've got the tools you need to feel incredible. Let us help you. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.